0: This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red networkcom
1: Hey guys, this is Liv.
0: And Dave. And And you're you're listening listening to to Conversations. Conversations. Wait, what did you say?
1: Conversations.
0: It's conversations.
1: That's what I said. Conversation.
0: Wait, why are you saying it like that?
1: I'm not saying it like anything. I'm saying conversation. What are you saying?
0: Conversations. We're
1: saying the same thing. Say Conver. Conver.
0: Now say Sations. Sations. Now say Conversations.
1: Conversations.
0: Uh. Okay, let's try this one more time.
1: Mm -hmm. Hey guys, this is Liv.
0: And Dave. And we're Pizza and Parsecs. And you're you're listening listening to Conversations. Conversations. I think you're saying it wrong. I'm
1: pretty sure I'm saying the same thing you're saying. I am
0: 99% sure you're wrong.
1: I'm 99% sure we're saying the same thing. (sighs) And you guys are listening to Conversations.
0: It's a translation To a Star Wars nation It's a celebration Hello and welcome to Conversations, I'm Charles And I'm Pat and this is Episode
1: 47 The Shroud of the Dark Side Has Fallen Begun the Clone Wars has. The dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. Once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. If only you knew the power of the dark side. Go to the Mustafa system. <laughs> so Dark side,
0: dark side planets. That was a whole cast right yeah. there. That was fantastic.
1: I well, they all you know, they all wanted a piece of the pie. Right. So that makes sense. They they all came along for the ride. Right. Um. In fact, um, we had both the Chancellor and the Emperor in that one. Mm. That was that was fun. And then we had a little bit of like like prequel sort of fun, um, almost Clone Wars Yoda, and then um. And then, of course, traditional Frank Oz, um, you know, Empire Yoda. Right, right. And all. I did some thinking on this one. I was going to say. Contrary it's... to uh, <laughs> most of my uh, intros. Yes.
0: But very appropriate, of course, for all these characters because we're talking about dark side planets and how important they are uh, to the entire Skywalker saga, but also. How deep uh, of a history they all have too that I really didn't know about until sort of doing some research for this episode. Like, there's a lot of really cool background information of just like, oh, it's a dark side planet, you know, especially Mustafar, like you mentioned in the intro. Wow, what a mm-hmm. what a long, long history uh, that planet has.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um, and it's really, you know, in the original trilogy, we see a lot of planets that are easily reproducible here on earth Hmm. you know for 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 practical reasons (laughs) um yes we're filming on earth a lot of like uh, yeah i mean you know it's like let's film in tunisia because that's what tatooine looks like right you know what i mean what a stroke of luck that was
0: um... and you know what was interesting was that for me you know how does a dark side planet become a dark side planet like what makes it dark side like i did not understand that origin or that that fear know. hate and suffering namely yeah and that's it and that of course i you know the fact that you knew that that's not surprising but um you know that's where the sort of the nexus or the virgins, as they call it the uh, on a particular planet or an area like we've we spoke with rob from the Jedi Temple Archives podcast where the um Jedi Temple on Coruscant is sitting on top of a dark side nexus, you know, so those things can be not just necessarily a planet, but they can be like an area or region, you know, and that was really cool just to sort of think that through where, oh, you look at Mustafar as like, oh, this dark side planet. Well, there's pockets of it and, uh, you know, certain areas that are stronger than others. And that's where Vader uh, has his uh, castle and stuff. But for the most part, there's inhabitants on most of far, but like you said, we'll get to that a uh, bit later on. But that was a cool first thing that that I didn't really sort of connect the dots on. Where do you think we should start? I mean, there's like we got we got a bunch of planets, plus we also ran a poll on Twitter. And Uh-oh. Uh...
1: <laughs> I hear there's been some some bad polls on Twitter. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm not on the Twitter sphere, Twitter verse, um, you know, happy world of the tweets. Yes. So I think. That we should start with with our buddy Sam Witwer, and um, but see that doesn't even narrow it down enough either. Um, this is true. Uh, we need to, yeah, yeah, because um, he's he's got quite a presence in the Clone Wars in a couple different forms. But I'm talking specifically about Darth Maul. So of course I'm I'm sure you you're aware that he's he's from <laughs> Dathomir, basically imbued with uh, the dark side. It's also the home of Mother Talzin yeah. and of course the Night Sisters and Night Brothers, mm. and then of course uh, Mall and Savage Opress and all. But that's kind of a magical planet because you know they have they have magic they use. Yeah, um, yeah. To, Oh, well, which is—I mean—I feel like the force is kind of magic anyway, but it's a different kind of magic. Um, <laughs> and it's um also the homeworld of Asajj Ventress.
0: Right, right. Talk about a great list of characters that came from there for sure.
1: Yeah, there's like they're all interesting. I don't—I don't know that they're all interesting because of coming from Dathomir,
0: but Dathomir
1: certainly um. Uh, lends itself to some some interesting characters for sure.
0: Yeah, and did you also know too that there's a native species of semi sentient rancors on Dathomir?
1: That's terrifying.
0: Imagine that, like uh, going out camping or something, and looking like for firewood for like your sorceress ways, and like running <laughs> into a, a semi sentient rancor.
1: Semi sentient rancor. Yeah. Now when I get on Twitter, that's going to be my handle: semi sentient <laughs> rancor. <laughs> Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I think that's terrifying because they are scary enough, um, without being able to really think, um, unless you have, you know, football sized rocks, in which case they're done for. <laughs> um, so. And you have automatic I, I, doors. <laughs> right. I Port, would not go to there. Right. Or Portcullis colors or uh, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to, to be any part of that. <laughs> That's like having sentient wampas. Nobody wants that,
0: right? Why so. would you? Why, why, no, 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 no. Uh. Uh-uh. It's bad enough they We're have their animalistic instincts.
1: I'm not going to death. Remind me not to go to Dathomir. Don't go to Dathomir. If Star Tours takes me there next time, I'm gonna. You're getting both.
0: off. Bye. <laughs> oh There's a passenger uh-huh. in the back. <laughs> Rebel scum. <Where's> <laughs> but when you them,
1: because <laughs> he breaks character. right, right. <laughs> he's prying the door open this wasn't that part of my contract this <laughs> is off the rails already <laughs> oh man so yeah so basically um, Mother Talzin gifted uh, Maw to Darth Sidious mm. and right. he turned him into a weapon of evil which mm-hmm. was a very, very effective weapon of evil <laughs> however um, a, a, like a weird situation but anyway um so he did that he went there and met with her i guess was trying to tap in more into the dark side and and being on the dark side planet with mother talzin was kind of um a way for him to unlock more of the not necessarily sith but dark side secrets yeah yeah
0: which speaks to what you were saying before you know where it's the force but it's a different kind of way that they used it you know it's like it's like sorcery like there's this there's a different flavor of mm-hmm. the way that mother Towson used the force a lot more mystical you know more more um fantasy based and uh with you know we see that in the, you know the clone wars and stuff like that with the mists and the greens like that. it's very it has a different yeah, flavor. Like,
1: little like like magic smokes
0: yeah stuff. yeah yeah and like ghost sort of ghostly appearing um you know uh beings and stuff like that and yeah
1: and they have, like, incantations and, like, right. they speak Latin or something. I don't know. That's well, um, French, actually. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 um, I'm familiar with that language. <laughs> so, you know, it's a 3
0: p.m. night, I guess. Yeah, um, that's good. But
1: there's so much dark side there. Asajj Ventress uh, went back there. And she was followed by Count Dooku. This is um, all in the... Um, Clone Wars. Gotcha. Right. That's where we get most of our fantastic storytelling mm-hmm. between the scenes of the films. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. you really get a um, a better appreciation and look, like we said numerous times before, about these characters, these locations, and and all this sort of in between storytelling that, that enriches the whole franchise. Uh, but, yeah, so she um, goes back there, and Dooku followed her, and um, we get a little more of a glimpse into, you know, her connection with all that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And then you, you have the um, the Jedi Fallen Order.
0: Yeah. What, Cal Kestis, he goes there, too? Correct. Now, uh, I'm petrified of that planet, um, so I have not made it there, but— um... Yeah,
1: because of the semi-sentient <laughs> rancors. We discussed it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I have not made it to that planet yet, but I've heard uh in some other gameplay reviews and some of the other podcasts. and In fact, some of our podcasts in the Red 5 Network have spoken about it, where Dathomir always represented an extremely uh, challenging step. And it, it, the way that Jedi Fallen Order works is that you go to planets, and then you complete certain tasks and you come back and do stronger tasks and everything. Um, but yeah, it makes an appearance in that as well, and uh, I'm looking forward to um, you know spending many hours uh, fumbling around and uh, making a horrible little gaming experience while I try to get through that.
1: Mm. Yeah, I'm uh, not looking forward to that at all. <laughs> I, I, I'm uh, I'm terrible at video games. Uh, I do enjoy them to a point um, when I'm winning. I love them. Uh, The problem is I'm rarely ever winning. So that doesn't bode well for me because I have broken controllers and cracked TV screens and things like that. So um, I I don't do much of the gaming. Um, But, you know, what I do do a lot of is Star Wars watching, which (laughs) I guess is kind of a good thing because... Um, you know, we have this podcast. So <laughs>
0: And it's just good Star I have Wars. To
1: kind of keep up with my Star Wars. Namely my solo. Ah. And my live action return of Darth Maul.
0: Nice. Oh, good so, uh, good segue yeah. on that one.
1: I well I do my best. So, um, you know, as he's revealed in the uh final act of solo, he um ruins Hans love life again and um <laughs> and takes Kira away. Well, has Kira meet him there. So she hightails it out of there, and we never see her meet him there, because that's what Solo 2 is for. But um, <laughs> that's where she's it's headed it. at the end of that. Um, right. So she ghosts Han, which, you know, I would be excited to use the term ghost because of the of the ghost right. that is in Rebels, hmm. uh, which is another uh, Karelian freighter. But... <laughs> that's not what happens she pieces out on him and then you know allows for him to find the real love of his life and have a kid that killed him so um (laughs) then you know he he goes he's maul can't get away from this place
0: no okay no
1: so you know he goes he has her meet him there and then inexplicably shows her his lightsaber like she doesn't know he's got one or whatever um (laughs) So he's like, here's my lightsaber. Come meet me. And she comes and meets him. So I don't know. But then when he's in Rebels, hanging out with Ezra, trying to poison his mind, uh, those uh, impressionable youths, as they say, mm-hmm. he takes him there to learn the secrets of the holocrons. Right, right. Which which is bad news because you know, Ezra is impressionable, and he starts to
0: kind of— Lean towards that, which in good, no, in good, no. And you know, if Maul's involved, it's not going to be a good ending,
1: yeah. It's like you take one look at the guy and you're like, that's a bad guy, <laughs> and Ezra takes one look at him and like, that's a mentor, no, <laughs> that's that's not a mentor, that's a guy that wants to use you for his own means, right?
0: Yeah, and it's you know, yeah. that does really play into the fact that you know, like you said, a lot of A lot of it comes within the Clone Wars and gets really deep into uh, that lore. I would think too that as much time as Maul spent there, sorry, didn't spend there, but then came back to it, just shows how important it was as part of like the his development and his arc, you know. And uh, you know, with like you said at the end there with Ezra and the Holocron, uh, trying to find the secret, a you know what uh, Ezra was looking for, the secrets to to uh, defeat the Empire. And Maul was looking for Obi-Wan, you know, and like com- two completely different, you know, goals. And they both sort of got their what they're sort of looking for to a certain degree. Um, it's a really important planet.
1: Yeah. And, you know, again, that speaks to Maul's ability to just use others as pawns to get what he wants, because he's like, look, you'll find out your information, too. But in order to do that, you got to help me. And yeah. Yeah. Ezra does, because... Ezra does yeah um and uh so it's it's just it's speaking to his um his hatred of Kenobi and his willingness to do whatever he can including manipulate others to to reach his his means yeah um his ends rather so yeah I mean it's 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 a very interesting place to say the least I think One of the other interesting things to me is how planets can kind of change. Like um, I know that you, one of your favorite planets in the Clone Wars was when Ahsoka took the, the younglings to on their quest for the Kyber crystals. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and they went to Ilum, which is very rich in Kyber. Yeah. And, um, and how that, you know, in the show seem to be very neutral or even light side yeah. anything. Yeah. You got the and, snow planet and, and the crystals. You get the sense yeah. of
0: like it's pristine, it's uh it's open, it's it's safe. Yeah, totally. But then it's not. No. No, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> yeah, because you've got, you know, well first of all, Ilum itself was such an important planet of course we're talking kyber crystals and the jedi originally found ilum and understood what that meant not only for uh the power of the force that's there but also these kyber crystals and then how powerful they are and especially for their lightsabers so they kept that location secret for like centuries right and mm-hmm. it became uh, they built a jedi temple there and like you said it became really um sort of like a central planet within the jedi order and not only did they use the crystals for you know for their purposes, they didn't like necessarily destroy the the natural beauty of the place. You know, even though it was like a you know an icy forested planet, um, it had lots of flora, flora and fauna and that kind of stuff. Like it was a very vibrant planet. It became the place where, like you're saying, where the gathering ritual took place. Like where Ahsoka took the younglings and where the um, they bonded, they force bonded with their kyber crystals. And, of course, these kyber crystals became uh, what powered their lightsabers. But uh, shortly after the gathering, of course, came Order 66, and that all sort of collapsed. So, and the Empire. And the Empire, exactly. Palpatine was known, and Sidious, of course, was known for always trying to find new and more powerful sources of the force, whether it be light side or dark side. And he was exploring, you know, a lot of the outer rim. And if we look too at these planets, the pattern between all these planets that are strong with the force, they're all mostly in the outer rim, you know, like the very far reaches of space or, you know, in this case, the unknown region and Palpatine did eventually Mm -hmm. find Ilum. And of course he understood immediately what that meant. And this was like sort of the birthplace of what was going to power the uh, Death Star. So, they of course brought mining, they strip mined it, they just, you know, destroyed the environment and began taking out all the Kyber from the planet to power the Death Star.
1: Yeah, I think it's very interesting because you've got this same mentality that he used with Anakin, you know, inherently good and light side leaning, and Um, twists him to his benefit. Mm. And also does that to an entire planet. Right.
0: It's so true. That's Which, a great point.
1: Yeah. And 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 with the new canon explanation for the red lightsabers is the bleeding of the kyber crystals. Mm-hmm. I think that if a planet is, is rich in, in these crystals and these sort of minerals that would make up these crystals, if it's got such a heavy dark side influence on it, that could really almost irradiate those minerals and, and the remaining crystals mm. to just, like, saturate
0: it in darkness. Yeah, because like we said, like, the yeah, the Nexus or the Virgins, where it's just so much bad's going on there, now they're, they're turning bad. And, you know, and part of that excavation was uh, that trench that we see. And we see that again in Jedi Fallen Order, and then that's what sort of linked people, first of all, before it Became Canon, people to think, like, wait a second, that trench looks very familiar. And Cal travels to Ilum and uh, does escape. Uh, not that I've escaped yet, but I haven't even been there yet. I haven't gone to the Dathomir yet, as you know. <laughs> um, they, uh, you know, after the Battle of Jakku, when the Empire is essentially destroyed, you know, with obviously remnants fleeing to the um, unknown regions and sort of, sort of like the foundation of the First Order, they took over Ilum. And then built Star Killer Base in that trench. So while Moniker Star Killer Base seems to suggest that they built yet another planet-wide or planet-sized weapon, what they did do was they used the remaining Kyber to power that, of course, sun that star that star sucking power of the uh, of the weapon that they did build, and that sort of familiar looking disc in that trench is actually the weapon and the rest of it's still the planet, as we saw in um, force awakens and Ray and Kylo Ren have it in the forest. So it all sort of fits together. But the fact that that planet started as almost this bastion of light is just a fascinating mm-hmm. story.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And um, it's just destroyed obviously in the, in the end of uh, that film. Right. When, uh, when they're able to, uh, do the trench run on the Death Star, on the Starkiller base, and um, <laughs> and and um, the charges blow up and it yeah. destabilizes. Yes. Yeah. So it's a very unfortunate end to Ilum because um, it was um, such a sort of rite of passage to the
0: Jedi and then
1: ruined by the
0: Sith and the Empire Right. <laughs> and right. the First Order. Right. And what's cool is that after that, those explosions happened and the oscillator sort of exploded, it was so powerful that it imploded and created a miniature star. And yeah, according to canon, they named that new miniature star Solo.
1: Yes, I heard that. Isn't That's that cool? cool? That's
0: very cool. Still a, um,
1: still a very unfortunate event to, um, to take out such a once promising and rich in not only the gathering itself and the um, sort of steps, that the younglings would take, but also the resources of the planet. Yes,
0: yes, and the amount of destructive power that was ultimately taken from there. So we leave there, we visit with Malachor. Ah, yes, yes. That's where the uh, Jedi and Sith War took place. Yeah, that was a cool piece of... Yeah, that's... What happened there? Well, the Jedi and the Sith had a war, and, um...
1: (laughs) and it was on uh, on Malachor. Um no, they um the, the Jedi won that war and um then the Sith kind of ran off uh, with their tails between their legs and uh and they started doing the uh the rule of two and all that jazz. But um they had had an ancient Sith temple that was built on that planet okay. and um that was also powered um by a kyber crystal, a huge kyber crystal, and um you know, obviously turned into a weapon because what does the dark side <laughs> do if not turn things into the weapons? Weapon. So um yeah, so so that um that was kind of their plan there and then um well, you know what happened to that weapon? No. Didn't work. It misfired.
0: Oh um, whoops
1: Yeah. Yeah, whoops is right, and then uh, everybody uh, kind of involved with that uh, it perished.
0: Well, like Sith and, and Jedi, uh, like died like in the battlefield or whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It like it just exploded and took out everything in its path. Um, so um, you know, that being said, with with all of the dark side energy there and all that, um, the Jedi were like, nobody should go there. Let's uh, take that off the flight itinerary, please. <laughs>
0: it's not a stop on the cruise <laughs> no oh, no no more visits to the wild beaches of malachor oh, that sucks
1: nope no not these days <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i guess we we see that when yoda tells kanan ezra and ahsoka to go
0: there oh um, yeah in rebels that's right mm-hmm. Mm. and wasn't that the planet yeah. remember that when we first saw the rise of skywalker maybe it was even the uh in one of the previews where you thought that exegol sort of had that sort of uh malachor feeling to it remember that it does um when when kylo's
1: flying into with the with the wayfinder when he's flying in to find the emperor and just the way that it's it's almost suspended above the surface there the right temple yeah and um and it was very much like the the temple that ahsoka and vader had their that's right their little duel in yeah um so as as soon as i saw that sort of structure i was like ah man it's like the temple and it wasn't that temple, but um, <laughs> it, it, um, but I'm sure that it has that sort of aesthetic for that reason because mm. it's it's a similar thing. It's it's a dark side uh, place. Obviously, it's a Sith temple that um, I would imagine we're all kind of similar in structure.
0: Yeah, you know. Yeah,
1: and it's cool visual too it's when true. you see when you see ahsoka and and vader in it and then of course when you see um uh kylo going through there too yeah it's very cool
0: yeah and what a what a fantastic series of episodes too from uh rebels that was when they do go to morban with the you know when uh kanan and ezra and ahsoka go there and then you know they meet up with maul and they sort of partner with him and obviously and then
1: what happens he betrays them really because that's what he does
0: (laughs) 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 go figure
1: I could understand Kana not seeing it coming. Oh, oh stop. Not That's
0: nice. that's not nice. That's not nice. Well, he just just started not to see things anymore clearly, right?
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> with the blast shield down, he can't even see how he's supposed to fight.
0: Um.
1: So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So so Maul meets up with them there. Um. Obviously, he um convinces them to fight with him um to to team up with him to um find holocrons and um and quote unquote find out about the Sith to defeat them. Right. But who are we kidding? He yeah. just wants more knowledge
0: and power. Right. Uh and they have to get to those inquisitors too.
1: Yeah, he did kind of like help them against them or yeah. whatever.
0: Yeah. Uh, but come on. Come on. <laughs> he knew the end game.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah so so of course they're uh narrowly escaping without ahsoka who does the old force push uh move everybody everybody doesn't want help anymore just force pushes and then that's it on the road. <laughs> See ya. um yeah she's like uh ah, stop you're not listening to me here you go you're out of here but then uh you know later he's able to uh, ezra rather is able to go back through the um world between worlds and do a little back in time a little time jump I guess uh through a wrinkle in the um matrix or something uh, <laughs> but uh no he he goes in through the the world between worlds and uh is able to kind of pull her out and save her from almost certain peril yeah. at the hands yeah. of her her old uh, mentor there
0: yeah God, what a, what a, What's such a cool, oh my God, that episode. Oh God, so good. So good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, anyway. So, um, so that's kind of what happened there. Yeah. Um, and I guess we've got more dark side stuff to talk about on other planets.
0: <laughs> but first we'll take a <laughs> quick break and we'll be right back. I could use a illusion Manguese liquor. Yeah, I'm thinking of whiskey. Oh, good call. Hmm. Lots to choose from.
1: Do you want a selection from the top shelf?
0: Definitely. The Chosen One whiskey, please. Why that one? Well, there was this battle.
1: It's over, Anakin! I have the higher ambient temperature! You underestimate my proofing! You were the chosen one! It was said you'd destroy bad whiskies, not join them! I'll barrel you! You are my distillery, Anakin!
0: Ah! Wow. Okay. I guess instead of top shelf, it should be called the high ground. Yeah. No. Like any good scotch, it gets darker as it ages. Chosen one whiskey. All the body, none of the legs.
1: And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. All right. So we are back. Thank you, um. Once again to our very generous uh, sponsors and um, and their quite interesting commercials. They come, come they come for the commercials oh. and
0: stick around for the banter. Not
1: really, right? Um, <laughs> so they just come for the commercials, they, right? Uh, and then through. yeah, skip. Um, so uh, speaking of skipping through, we're gonna skip through to Coraban. Uh, just kidding, Moraban. <laughs> Now, it's kind of a joke, but not really, because it was known as Korriban, and um, as the Sith do, they ruin everything, Um, they they turned it into Moraband, which um, basically it was a very lush planet that was full of, you know, colorful foliage, and the Sith came along, and their hatred and malice and discontent and just everything negative about all the time Um, (laughs) uh, it kind of poisoned the planet and turned it into like a barren wasteland of wars and just like just
0: badness (laughs) (laughs) and badness is like a key ingredient for the Sith
1: right right it's like you you when you're applying for a job with the Sith, they're like, okay, um, do you have a desire to be evil? Yes. Okay. Do you like want to kill Jedi? Yes. Okay. On a scale of one to ten, what's your badness? <laughs> if you're anything below an eight, forget it. You're not getting the job. That's why Dooku. That's why that's what happened with Dooku. Was like. <laughs> Palpatine was like, uh, oh, you're down like a five six right now, pal,
0: right do it if you lose the cave, I'd give you an extra one or maybe two, but you're not it's not happening, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, what a mess so um, yeah, so basically, after the Sith ruined it, they abandoned it, um, but they left in there in their abandonment a uh valley of the dark Lords which had many ancient Sith tombs where, you know, I guess it was like a Sith stronghold. And and as they died, they were entombed there. Mm. Not, you know, not one with the Force, not becoming Force ghosts, because they can't do that. <laughs> nanny so, nanny nanny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nanny nanny so they left behind these these tombs, basically in the lost missions of the Clone Wars, Yoda went there to kind <sighs> of right. learn more about himself, his dark side, kind of get a command on, on his, you know, his sort of compass in terms of uh, being a Force user and getting knowledge of the Force and, and deepening his, his strength and knowledge with it. So he went there and came across one of my favorite actors, uh, Mark Hamill. Darth Bane uh, was, right. was played right. by Mark Hamill. So that was very cool. But um, Darth Hound, who supplied an uh, answer to our poll on Twitter, had um, said that Korriban was the, uh, the homeworld of the Sith species in Legends and where this, the original Sith Lords ruled and many were entombed. Also, where Yoda encountered the specter of Darth Bane in the Clone Wars. That's right. So thank you for that, Darth Hound. You have effectively read my mind, and <laughs> that's a little bit scary. But um, there's a couple other people that had um, also um, mentioned that that was uh, one of their... One of their favorite Dark Side planets, like G Warrior, F U, sorry, um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, who else? Somebody else did. Uh, yeah, I don't well, know. Yeah, well,
0: it's funny that you mentioned that Twitter. Like, so we did the poll. Like I said, we had uh, three planet options and a comment below um, to see if there was another one they wanted to throw in there. Um, our first. Uh, one of our first responses uh, was from uh, Star Wars Essentials. Uh, that's at Real Han Solo, and uh, he said I won the poll because he was literally the first person to vote. So I said we'll send over a copy <laughs> along with a sticker. And um, but shortly thereafter, <laughs> uh, this guy called Rogazga. I don't know where he's from. Uh, T K hyphen R O. Uh, he replied, "I've never heard of the planet." Comment below. <laughs>
1: obviously he's not a real star wars fan because it exists i mean you can ask rob at the jedi temple archives it is in there it's in in the the archives it's in the records all you gotta do is look for it yeah yeah Hmm. lost a planet master ro
0: has Hmm? um chris Steele, rebel scum he's uh Chris shot first, replied that he did it right in it as well. And um, he suggested Earth. <laughs> it's his favorite. Uh, wow.
1: That got real. That yeah. Got really real. <laughs>
0: and uh, our fellow Red Five Network uh, members, Nerd Herder Podcast, uh, replied with a gif of uh, score one for you <laughs> on that one. Um, <laughs> Uh, we also had some replies from Han Solo Scoundrel, scoundrel for Hire. Uh, that's Nerf Herder 76. We'll get to uh, that submission next, actually. Thank you, everybody, for uh, commenting on that. And one last, actually, one last entry. J. Bush Luke 15 uh, also commented about Dathomir was in Fallen Order. So uh, we got lots of cool interactions there. So we move from Moraband and we head on over to one of our write ins. I thought you said you did research. I, I did. I, I did a Twitter poll. Oh,
1: <laughs> this counts as research. All right, yeah. cool. Fumbling around. <laughs> yes. I did, I did the Twitter poll. Said. <laughs> that
0: was my research. That's
1: my research. Where, where'd you learn this?
0: Twitter. Twitter. I put a poll up, then I read where'd it. Where'd you learn it? <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and And uh, we're going to go to Exegol, which was a submission by uh, Nerf Herder 76, which was a fantastic write-in. And... Of course, we know Exegol from uh, The Rise of Skywalker. And, you know, it was, of course, in the Unknown Regions, as we heard in the movie. And before the transformation of the Virgins of the Dark Side. Another example here, you know, it was at first like a rich, fertile environment. And it turned into this rocky and inhospitable desert terrain sort of thing after the Sith arrived. And what's really cool is that as the planet was dying or taking upon this Sith power... The dry climate produced so much dust that in the atmosphere, that's what caused all of the electrical discharges. So like, all the, the lightning we see, it was caused by the dust yeah. from the planet's surface, which is really cool. I mean, it was such a cool visual, but that's cool to know where that came from.
1: That is very cool. You know what's not cool? What? I feel like I've just realized that Scar from The Lion King is a Sith. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I'm, look, you're laughing. However... <laughs> dude comes to pride rock the place is a barren wasteland with thunderstorms and everything else and it's just bad news he ruined it
0: this is very true that's fantastic connection sith is is, so scar is a sith
1: i'm 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 convinced
0: and he's got like a facial scar like uh alpatine
1: well an anakin it's more of an anakin scar
0: that's true yeah but you know? Yeah. But you know, that's a very that, cool connection. It,
1: it's, it, I'm right. I'm right. Just ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, and, and that they're both Disney. So that I'm works. sure, I'm sure like Bob Iger's like,
0: yeah, go for it, bud. you figured us out <laughs>
1: or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. So yep.
0: after Scar and the Sith made, uh, Exegol their home planet, um, you know, it turned, <laughs> it turned really dark and, uh, Fissures were showing up on the surface of the planet. That, of course, these fissures go deep into the, into the world's core, and those fissures right. obviously were what we saw uh, where the sort of like the, the Sith temple was the underground, and those big tall statues, and where lots of the uh, well, most of the scenes of *Exegol* happened apart from uh, the atmosphere, and where
1: Kylo Ben fell through the thing.
0: Yes, there you go. So again, uh, another shining example of the power of the dark side, just turning a planet into ultimate darkness.
1: So there was like acolytes there, as we saw in the movie. Correct. All the Sith acolytes. So what they did was they had um, had this as a Sith stronghold in the unknown regions, so that the Republic, uh, presumably the High Republic, because um, it seemed to be quite active around that time, according to the timeline. Yeah. Um. So um, it kind of kept them in uh off the radar of the High Republic and and Jedi Council and the Jedi Order and everything. They had um, built a citadel there and they had rituals and arena or that viewing area where all the Acolytes were when we saw it in the film. Darth Sidious moved his seat of power to Exegol because of it being so far removed from the core systems and everything right right and the problem that we have as lightsiders is that you know after he's cast down the pit of despair in the death star he's um he transferred his essence
0: there right and was able to come back right and is bad news for the good guys. <laughs> yes. And, you know, if you think like your timeline you're talking about before was a thousand years before the uh, the fall of the Galactic Republic, you've got Sith making this like a like almost like a core world. And that's how long that the Sith had known about this planet and, and, and secret, of course. And Palpatine, as he rose to power, became and was Darth Sidious, obviously had this as part of his plan for his ultimate uh, way of cheating death and, and staying alive for forever and so you can see again as we so well know just how much of a long play tactician he is this was all, all ultimately part of his endgame, and uh again just leads to you know the awe that you can actually have for his characters just how smart he was in being able to do that and not only was this planet sort of a stronghold and a citadel and almost like a, a spiritual center of the sith they also transformed shipyards that had been built over there over eons from these sort of manual labor camps into these automated shipyards where they're able to fulfill the uh, final order that we see in the Rise of Skywalker. And that's where all these ships, it wasn't like they absconded these uh, Star Destroyers from uh, Return of the Jedi. These were all built specifically for this final order.
1: Yeah. And that's, you can, when you automate ship building, um, you can... Really crank out a lot of those star destroyers tie fighters everything all the all the heavy heavily armed vehicles that that we see in that in that final act you could um in amounts of them in that period of time, yeah, you know even if you're not sure what you're gonna do or or what the end game is you can, you know you're gonna need artillery and and you're gonna need ships, yes, so you know you start cranking out them um. You know, once you get everything converted over, then um, you're definitely a force to be reckoned with, uh, no matter what the end game is.
0: Unless you've got uh, the entire galaxy of peoples uh, coming to uh, destroy you.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Led by none other than Lando Calrissian. <laughs> so, well, you know, after know, the know. battle there, and obviously we know what happened with uh, Ray and, and Ben and the ultimate destruction of... Uh, Help a teen. Um we have one more stop on our uh, little tour of Dark Side planets.
1: We do, and since we're not going chronologically, I guess we're gonna go back through the war between uh, the world between worlds, and <laughs> um, and go back to the prequels. Another yeah. outer rim planet, um, but um, I think we started here and we're ending here with the. First dark side planet seen in all of Star Wars. Which Tatooine was, of course. Oh, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> right. No. Okay. Oops. Yes. I don't know. Um, yes. Uh, you know why it's dark side? Because there's sand. It's coarse. It's irritating. It gets everywhere. Um, I hate it. No, this case is much much worse. It has lava. Right. That burns people. Right. Namely, people with the low ground. This is Mustafar. (laughs) And and Mustafar, we actually see um, a couple times because we see it at the beginning. uh, Well, we all know what it looks like in Revenge of the Sith where it's like a lava planet and there's like Vader's castle and all this and it's like... You know, it's it's cool, but like in a bad sort of cool, you know, Mm -hmm. but then we see Kylo Ren there at the beginning of The Rise of Skywalker. Right. But it's like all snowy and stuff. And you're like, he's on a snow planet, but it's like another part of Mustafar, which is very interesting to me because what I, I never really understood about Star Wars planets is like their terrain is completely the same from what we've seen. Right. You know, like no matter where you're on Tatooine, there's sand. You go to Endor and the whole thing is forest, you know, it's a forest moon. So I get it. But, you know, all of these different places, there's only like that one environment to each of these planets. And then to see that stark contrast between the lava fields of that part of Mustafar and then the. Snowy sort of fields and and forestry on a presumably another part of that same planet is really um more real to me more realistic right. to see that, that 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 those multiple environments do exist in the same planets, which is very cool but um yeah so so Kylo goes there and gets the uh, wayfinder with which to find his way uh to um <laughs> But we all can uh, appreciate it from the prequels because that's where um, Anakin goes and slaughters Newt Gunray and all his cohorts. Um, But more importantly, uh, that's where he goes and um, has the final showdown with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. And um, uh, it's one of the prequels' most exciting battles, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's also one of the most emotionally driven battles right. in the prequels, in in all of Star Wars, really. Um, because, yeah, Obi-Wan's very emotionally driven after the death of Qui-Gon with Maul, but that's very quick. Right. And there's not a whole lot. It's like, I need to destroy him because he, you know... Killed Qui-Gon and all this because he killed Liam Neeson, which is incredibly hard to do. But <laughs> um, but when you see the whole scene unfold, you know, where Padme comes to plead with him and he's at his castle being all moody and dark side. <laughs> and then um, and then, of course, he sees Obi-Wan and loses his mind and starts choking people. Um, I just it's it's just it's it's really a devolving. It just it just really puts the down spiral of Anakin in under a microscope.
0: Right. Right.
1: And you really see all these little all these little things that have happened to him all through his life, all on screen and off, that have contributed to him as a person are all kind of shoved in this direction one last time. Mm. You know, he's been kind of nudged that way for forever. But then, you know, the idea of the one woman left who hasn't died and left him uh, turning against him with his friend and mentor and brother um, (laughs) is, is enough to really push him over the edge and uh, i mean he was he was pretty much it was already killing kids and like you know weird stereotypical aliens already um <laughs> so he was he was there already but this is like the final nail in that coffin of anakin yeah like this is this is it for him and that's that's where you can see the desperation in, in obi-wan's face and then you can hear it in his voice when You know, he's this is the last chance for Anakin to turn around and pull U turn, and he's determined not to. And that kind of solidifies Obi Wan's feelings of of being a failure to Anakin. Yeah. I think out of all of the Dark Side planets, this one has the greatest impact on all of it, on the whole story,
0: really. I mean, I completely agree. I mean, with the with the amount of history that this planet has, (laughs) it had, again, another example of a planet that had like sort of a lush world that was thriving um, before. uh, So like, long story short, this this uh, these off worlders came to Mustafar and and came to live with the Mustafarian, the the native people. And this artifact, the bright star, uh, was uh, nourishing the world. And uh, a battle ensued with uh, some other off-worlders, and long story short, the husband of this one woman uh, was killed in the battle. She took the bright star away to try and revive the uh, the husband, and it caused a cataclysmic event on the planet, shifted its center of gravity, and sort of forced all these tectonic plates and, and all these uh, earthquakes, and that's where this sort of molten lava planet look came from. But you did have the continents like you're talking about. And even though after the sort of the bright star event, the planet did start to heal, uh, you know, 30 or 40 years after, you still have those regions of uh, vegetation like we see in uh, Rise of Skywalker. So like you're saying, you know, there's you get the sense that, oh, Endor uh, is just all one big forest. Well, it's not necessary. There's water and all that kind of stuff. So that's sort of cool connection there. Beyond... That and Vader and the the climax of the entire sequ- prequel trilogy with um, Obi Wan and Anakin, there was like a rogues gallery of characters that had passed through or had visited uh, Mustafar uh, throughout. You know, especially during the you know the Clone Wars, like you've got mm-hmm. um, Darth Maul and Savage Press, you got Cad Bane, Pre Vizsla, Quinlan Vaz and Asajj Ventress. They all at different parts of the story and different sort of tasks and stuff like that. All were on or near Mustafar again. So beyond the really big and important pieces, you have some very important secondary characters also uh, proving that this planet was a pivotal planet within the Skywalker saga. And like you said, possibly one of the most important, right up there with like Tatooine and maybe you know Naboo and and uh, Coruscant.
1: Yeah, and um, you know, again, it's it's one of these key planets there's very few of them that have really sort of an iconic impact on the characters on the story you know one of them other reasons being Tatooine um you know it's the first planet we see mm-hmm. it's it's very meaningful to Luke to Anakin and as we're seeing now to to a lot of the storyline in the Mandalorian yeah big time um so it's um, you know, it's these these couple planets that really mean something to to the saga and to the to the mythos and everything. And Mustafar is, is definitely at the top of the list for sure.
0: Right. Well, that was a cool trip through uh, some uh, pretty dark planets.
1: Yeah, I I feel like we need to go back to Endor, and um, have a little Yubnub uh, <laughs> celebration going, and. Um, <laughs> You know, some like exploding Death Stars and fireworks overhead. Okay. Because um yeah, I'm 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 a little down talking how about, about all this uh, destruction. Well
0: how about we both just like clap out of tempo like uh Lando was doing.
1: Like Lando. Yeah, yeah. So let's...
0: See? we can be time, but we just see <laughs> I feel better already. <laughs> I feel better already. I know you do. <laughs> say look did you see those weird ghost looking things in the back (laughs) (laughs) did you see those weird looking ghosts in the back
1: (laughs) (laughs) so ridiculous Uh. (laughs) see these glowing guys over here um there's only one real way to end this
0: yes did you ever hear the
1: tragedy of Darth Plagueis the wise I thought not. It's not a story the Jedi would tell you. It's a Sith legend. Darth Plagueis was a dark lord of the Sith. So powerful and so wise, he could use the Force to influence the midi-chlorians to create life.
0: Okay, we gotta wrap this up.
1: It's such a knowledge of the... Okay. <laughs>
0: where can everybody find us
1: so yeah we have our website at conversations.com we're on facebook.com slash conversations twitter has us at suations and we've got our instagram page with the conversations mm-hmm. and uh we're in the red five network. So if you like us, you probably like them too. And um, also, we've got a, um, a spread shirt store that's um, that's got some fun, uh, unique uh, stuff
0: on there. So
1: uh, you know, that's us. That's where we are.
0: <laughs> that is fantastic. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That's for good for us. <laughs> <laughs>